This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Pierce buries it. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my empty. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 171, episode 171 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Rambling with Purpose, Chance to Strive, Music You're Missing, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Burnt Toast, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Boston Uncommon Joe Maz, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, and so many other great podcasts. If you're into sports cards, don't forget to check out Big Night Breaks. Every single weeknight, personals, group breaks, whatever the case may be, on Whatnot, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. If you want to go check it out in person, head down to Patriot Place, go to the Card Vault. Beautiful, beautiful store. You got to go. It's a must. And then if you're into concert tickets and you want to go see some concerts for uh, for free, uh, don't forget to check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday on the Big Night Media Instagram page. And, hey, Eastern Conference Finals right around the corner. Uh, go support the Banner Banter podcast. Go to BigNightShop.com, click the Big Night Media tab, and buy some big uh, some Banner Banter merchandise, will you? Thanks. Anyways, where were we? Oh, yeah, the Celtics. They won. They won Game 7. <laughs> Let's go! Yeah! Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yes. Oh, man. I'm exhausted. I mean, I've had a few as well. I think the uh, the uh, tradition is going to continue. Have a few and record, right? My voice is on fire. My back is on fire. Everything hurts. But what a, what a win for this team to lose Game 5 the way that they did at TD Garden and to come back and win Game 6 and Game 7 says a lot about this basketball team. But here's the thing. There's so much basketball left. There's so much fucking basketball left. It is it is insane. I feel like the last three weeks have been like 82 games worth. I feel like the last three, four, five weeks, whatever the case may be, feels like an entire season in itself. And I mean, that's really what the playoffs are in the NBA. But man, this team just didn't give up. They, I mean, Marcus Smart said after game six that like he didn't fall asleep. <laughs> same like that sucked and the fact that this team <clears throat> came back to win game six on the road and then to blow them out game seven at td garden says a lot about this team but it's not over it's not over at all i mean they're moving on to the eastern conference finals after beating the defending world champion milwaukee bucks 109 to 81 and let me just say this before we begin 
Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday, you guys are awesome. I, listen, I know not a lot of people like the way Giannis plays. I think he's a generational talent. I think Drew Holiday is one of the more underrated players in the league. You know, you, you would love to see both teams healthy. I don't hate the Bucks. you know, like you hate Kevin Durant and Kyrie and all that stuff, but like, or hate the Heat, to be honest with you, or the 76ers or the Knicks. But like, it, it's really hard to hate Giannis. It, it really is. Because I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I bet you if it was Heat Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, we'd all be cheering for the Bucks, <laughs> For real. So shout out to Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Great series. Hard fought series. I mean, Giannis literally had what? 106 rebounds tonight, I think. Like absolute minimal. I mean, he might have gotten, I think he got 20 at least. I mean, if yeah, it was just absolutely insane. But here's the thing. Celtics win 109-81. to They're moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. Eastern, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals will be Heat-Celtics. Western Conference Finals will be Mavs-Warriors. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Miami Heat have home court advantage in the series as they are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and the Celtics are the number two seed. So, Tuesday, May 17th. Thursday, May 19th. That is Game 1 and Game 2 down in Miami. Then Saturday, TD Garden, May 21st, Game 3. Then Monday, May 23rd, TD Garden, Game 4. If necessary, Game 5 in Miami will be Wednesday, May 25th. Game 6 will be at TD Garden on May 27th, which is a Friday. And then, if necessary, Game 7, May 29th in Miami. All of the games are going to be on ESPN. All of the games are going to be 8.30 p.m. starts. They're going to be late. They're going to be loads of fun. Hopefully all the Miami Heat fans do what they do best and show up after the first quarter, and maybe the Celtics can take advantage of that. So today's podcast, a little bit of Game 7, a lot about the upcoming series about the Bucks. But obviously before we begin, I got a lot of text, a lot of DMs, a lot of tweets at Banner Banter 18, number 12. Number 12 did his thing today, folks. You know, but here's the thing. I'm not going to say number 12's name. I will not until Banner 18 is raised. I will not. The Celtics were a plus 55 in this series, and number 12 was a plus 21. Nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. In number 12's last four games before tonight, he shot 15% from three and 23% from the field and was a minus 11. So the guy has one good game, and now I'm supposed to bow down to him? Absolutely not. I mean, number 12 took 18 three-point attempts. The Bucks, as a team took 33, and the Celtics took 55, and they shot 40%, so God bless them. But number 12, shooting 22 shots. Literally, Tatum and Brown shot 30. Number 12 shoots 22. Now, with that being said, shout-out to Jalen, Jason, Marcus, Al, Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, whoever. They brought guys over to make sure that Tatum and Brown didn't score, brought guys over to make sure Horford didn't score and Marcus didn't score, and they said, go leave that number 12 jabroni in the corner, and number 12 shot him up. So all the props to him. Now, did he step up? Yes. Did he shoot the ball well? Yes. Was Kelly Olenek's performance a few years ago versus the Wizards better? Yes. Has number 12 improved this year? Yes. But why can't number 12 be consistent? Like, can can we trust him to be consistent? The answer is no. Seriously, I <clears throat> I will talk about the you know the next series with the Miami Heat coming up. But in five out of the seven games 
in the series, number 12 scored 28 points. And then in two out of the, or the other two games out of the seven-game series against the Bucks, he scored 49. So, like, I don't get it. How do you score literally on average less than six points in five of the games? And then for the other two, you almost average 25 points per game. I won't get it. I'll never understand it. If he can do that, if number 12 can do that in the Eastern Conference Finals, sure, maybe he'll get he'll get a shout-out. But the Eastern Conference Finals is no time for him to be terrible and then be solid. He's got to be solid throughout the entire time. He, he really does. I mean, he should continue to shoot with confidence. Notice that he stopped doing those stupid fucking shot fakes, and it worked out for him, for real. So just stop thinking about it. Shoot the ball. Stop thinking you're going to get super, uh, you know, like superstar calls. It's not going to happen. Now, they're really, like, if you if you were to look at the NBA, I think a lot of people think that the Miami Heat don't have a lot of superstars. They're a team that's very professional. They buy in, and they're going to beat you as a team. Where a lot of people think, you know, think and or know Jason Tatum is a superstar. So he may get calls, or Giannis may get calls. Jimmy Butler's probably going to get some calls, but like after that, no one thinks, you know, Bam Adebayo is a superstar. He's an all-star, no doubt, but not a superstar. He's going to get superstar calls. So, listen, number 12 ain't scoring 27 a night in the next round. We appreciate the effort and everything he did tonight in Game 7. I'll never forget it, but he's got to be more consistent in the next round. And, you know, speaking of consistency, you think about Derek White. He's going to be very important in this next series. Maybe not scoring the basketball, which is what everyone wants, because I think he was, what, 1 of 9 or 1 of 10 tonight? He was due for a rough shooting night. I mean, he played three good games in a row, but he will have more games to contribute on both ends of the floor in this upcoming series. But his main responsibility in the next round is going to be covering Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year in the NBA, or Duncan Robinson, coming off a lot of screens, closing out, putting his hands in shooter's face, making it uncomfortable for them, probably attacking them off the dribble offensively, taking it to the rim, trying to score. T- you know, there's there's so many different ways Derek White can contribute in the, in this next series as well as number 12. So, listen, number 12, I mean, 18 three-point. <laughs> Folks, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, okay? Jason Tatum took nine. Marcus Smart took six. And... Uh, Jalen, I think, took four or five. So just between that, that's 20. If I were to do my math right here, I think that's 23 pointers between Jalen, Marcus, and uh, Jason. And number 12 took 18. So between the four of them, 38 three-pointers. A lot of three-pointers. But, you know, thinking about it now, God, my voice is on fire. I'm sorry if this is a uh, rough listen for you folks, but... I clearly had my fun today, and I, I gave it my all. I'm, I'm still sweating, to be honest with you. But, you know, thinking about this game, like, what did the Celtics do well that they can really, like, carry on to in the next round? I mean, I I think the first thing that we got to talk about is the fact that Jason Tatum got in foul trouble in that third quarter. You know, whether it was bullshit call, whatever the case may be, it was what it was. It looked like nothing happened, but that's fine. But the Celtics hung in there, and they trusted each other, which I love. 29 assists total, which, I mean... You know I love that. I absolutely thrive off of that. But the fact that the Celtics saw their superstar go to the bench and follow trouble, and sure, the, you know, the Bucks kind of hacked at the lead a little bit, but it wasn't really anything concerning. And, that I mean, 
listen, I was a hot mess until about 90 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. But overall, if your superstar who just scored 46, 47, whatever the case may be in game six is in foul trouble in the third quarter and you don't let a team come back when you've been known to blow big leads, very impressive. And Marcus Smart, I... I, I honestly think he played a sneaky good game. I mean, almost a triple-double, found his spots, made the right play, made some great assists, good defense, rebounded the ball well. And listen, I thought he was going to shoot a lot after you know his 20-plus point performance in Game 6, and that was not the case. I mean, I'm like in all honesty, the, with the way the NBA works now, Marcus Smart taking under 10 shots, taking only six three-pointers, even though I think he only made one of them, but from, for Marcus to have... 11 points, 7 rebounds, and 10 assists. How can you be upset about that? And and here's the other great thing. Even though Al Horford had another low-scoring night after his 30-point performance in, um, oh God, what, in Game 4, I mean, he rebounded well. He made the right plays. He was a plus 13 overall. And you that's something that, you know, the fact that Al is the true professional in this basketball team where he's just like, hey, I only took seven shots, and I sucked in game six, but you guys still trust me after I dropped that 30-point game in game four. That's huge. Al is just the perfect veteran for this team that says, hey, some nights, if you guys don't get it, I got it. And then if you guys got it, I'll take a step back, and that's great. And speaking of step backs, Peyton Pritchard, what a nice little game for him. Four of six from three, 14 points, was a plus 14, and you just hope that can continue in the next round because halfway through that series, I mean, he... He couldn't even hit the microphone that was in front of me. It was it was absolutely crazy. But one of the things that I did hate, that I really and truly hated, and I'll, let me say it again, I really and truly hated it. The Celtics, with about eight and a half minutes to go in the second quarter, were in the bonus, and I don't think that they took a free throw until about two minutes left. And that can't happen against the Heat. The Heat are physical. Nothing will be easy, and you have to attack the rim. And I feel like the Celtics kind of got away from what made them get into the bonus, and that was a little frustrating, I, I, I think. I mean, going to the line 18 times, Bucks went to the line 16 times, obviously you win that battle as you should at home, you know, whatever you want to say about the refs, whatever. But, like, the Celtics need to go to the free throw line more and have to take advantage of those type of situations, like, I'm sure Ime and the rest of the team is saying, hey, you guys are in the bonus, attack the rim, and they just don't seem to do that, and they're going to have to do that in the Eastern Conference Finals. So overall, great series. So much respect. Uh, so much re- <laughs> Jesus, Tim. <clears throat> so much respect to the Milwaukee Bucks. That was a fun series, a crazy series, a stressful series, but really proud of the maturity as of right now, I'm not saying it's very mature, but the maturity of this team to win basketball games. So shout out to them. So here we go. Eastern Conference Finals once again against the Miami Heat. Last time this happened was in the bubble. This season, the Celtics won two out of the three games. There was like one game that Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, and Kyle Lowry played. The last time that they played each other was, I think it was March 29th or 30th at TD Garden. The Celtics only scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. They were winning heading into the fourth quarter. The Miami Heat won. It was super frustrating. But what should we be worried about when you're thinking about the Miami Heat? The first is Eric Spolstra. He is one of, if not the best NBA coaches in the NBA. Like, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. 
no questions asked, don't pass go, don't, don't collect $200. We all know I'm a Brad Stevens guy, but he outcoached Brad Stevens in the bubble. No doubt about it. And I, I, I really and truly hope every single time Jason Tatum attacks the rim, he's really and truly pissed off with how Bam Adebayo blocked his slam dunk in the bubble with his index finger, which is one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. But these Boston Celtics should be pissed and and ready to beat the living shit out of this Miami Heat team for real. Like, and and here's the thing. Like, obviously, one of the biggest stories going in to whether it's game one, game two, whatever the case may be, is the health of two starters for both teams. I mean, Kyle Lowry, known as the Celtics killer, especially in the playoffs. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. He played a couple games against 76ers in round two, and then he, I think he missed the last two or three games. What What's his situation going to be? Rob Williams was active tonight for the Boston Celtics in game seven. Uh, if I remember correctly, he did not play a single second. So hopefully more rest for Rob is a good thing. He can be back in the starting lineup and the Celtics can do their thing. But with number 12 shooting the ball so well and his confidence being so high after shooting 18 threes and scoring 27 points, you know, does Rob come off the bench? So it'll be very, very interesting. And <clears throat> when when you think about it, you know, like on paper, Tatum versus Butler is a wash. And listen, Jason Tatum, I think, is a better offensive player. I think Jimmy Butler is a better defensive player, but Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler is a wash. Bam versus Jalen is a wash. Marcus versus Kyle Lowry is a wash. Hero versus Rob. I mean, health-wise, obviously it's Hero right now, but maybe Hero gets that nod and then Horford gets that nod because I think he's better than P.J. Tucker. But like after that, it's really all about the bench. And the Heat's bench is very, very deep, very, so much deeper than the Celtics. I mean, Max Struss is uh, one of those guys that has really stepped up for them lately. Um, if you've listened to this podcast from day one, I'm a big Max Struss guy. When he was trying out for the Celtics, I thought he should have got the last roster spot. The Celtics cut him. He, I think he went to Chicago, didn't play that great. And then after that, now he's playing a huge role. I think one game he actually got double-digit rebounds for the Heat, but he's a good defender. He shoots the ball well, can annoy people. Um, And, you know, you could even go Gabe Martin versus Derek White, which I also think is a wash. So there's a lot of good matchups for both teams in this series. It's it's who's going to be the more talented and the better coach team. And right now you're saying, well, Eric Spolstra is a better coach than Ime Adoka. And if... You think Ime is a better coach than Eric Spolstra just because you're a Celtics fan. I mean, that's cute and adorable and all, but, like, let's be realistic here. So I I think one of the key factors in the series could be the health of Victor Oladipo. He is a guy that went off versus, versus the uh, 76ers in one of the, game, uh, one of the games in the playoff series. Uh, he's healthy, has a lot of confidence right now. He didn't do that great in Game 6 and that closeout game for them, but he's a very good player, and he... You know, he is a former All-Star, one of the better players in the league. Obviously, he's had some shit luck with some injuries, but he's a guy that, like, they cannot take lightly in this series. And when you also think about some of the other things that the Heat do well, I mean, first off, first and foremost, I mean, the Celtics have to control the pace in this series. They have to play fast. Um, They cannot let the the Heat set up their defense. If not, it's going to be very, very tough for them, for real. I, I mean, the Heat had... Even though the Heat had the 12th best offensive rating in the league, they had the 4th best defensive rating in the league. And the Heat are probably, it's probably 
not probably, but it is def- the Heat are definitely the best defense the Celtics will face all playoffs. I mean, they're going to play some zone a lot, which is going to be annoying because we all know the Celtics don't do that great against the zone. The Celtics have to move the ball around like they did in Game 7 against the Bucks with 29 assists. Mm, tastes just like it smells delicious. They're going to have to find some guys in the middle of the key um, to get some jumpers. You know, like Jalen pops to the middle uh like right around the free throw line, catches it, shoots it, you know, just like he did pretty well for most of the Bucks series. But this Heat team will want to shoot some threes. I mean, they haven't shot the three that well uh, in the playoffs so far. And obviously the Celtics love to shoot threes, which is kind of annoying. But the Heat in the regular season were the third best three-point shooting team in the league. Celtics were 14th and the Bucks were fifth. And remember, that's without Chris Middleton. So... Clearly, the the Heat are in a little funk three-point shooting, but who says that can't change in the Eastern Conference Finals? So the Celtics have to close out on shooters, be very, uh, you know, the communication has to be on cloud nine, has to be perfect to make sure that they fight through screens. Who's going to switch? Who's going to hedge? Put your hand up, fly towards the shooters, things like that. But, you know, the the thing is, is like, how do the, the Heat shoot so well from three? And it's probably because they are the most unselfish team in the league. I mean, they averaged over 25 assists per game in the regular season. And the Celtics, and, you know, we all know my rule. You know, I don't want to sound repetitive, but they, the Celtics average under 25 assists per game. So in the playoffs, the Celtics have the third best defensive rating, and the Heat have the second best offense. I'm sorry, the second best defensive rating in a top five offense. So this is not going to be easy in any way, shape, or form. But here's the thing. The Miami Heat, they care. They really do. Uh, Jimmy Butler, a dog. P.J. Tucker, just a beast. Bam Adebayo, so underrated. They are physical, and it won't be easy. So, listen, obviously a quick turnaround with Game 1 being on Tuesday. Wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics lose Game 1. It's going to be a very intense, insane series. I feel like the teams really don't like each other. Um, obviously, Bam Adebayo was part of Team USA, so maybe Ime Adoka has a little bit of uh, an advantage on him. That, that'd be nice. But here's the thing. And <clears throat> I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but the Celtics were the fifth best rebounding team in the NBA in the regular season. The Miami Heat were 22nd. Celtics 11th in offensive rebounds, and the Miami Heat 18th. So... And listen, I know the offensive rebounding is a lot because Rob was healthy, but if the Celtics can control the the boards and limit second-chance points, especially long rebounds that could lead to three-pointers from the Miami Heat, that's going to be huge. So if the Celtics can rebound well and also force turnovers, that will be huge. The Heat have the third most turnovers per game in the regular season. Now, they've had the sixth least in the playoffs, but, I mean, whatever. It's against a shitty 76ers defense, and I don't take their first-round matchup against the Miami Hawks, uh, the Miami Hawks, <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks that seriously. So if the Celtics can force turnovers, score off those turnovers, and rebound the ball well and not let the Miami Heat set up their offense, they got a shot here. They really do. So when it comes down to it, I think the Celtics have to control the boards, could score off turnovers, and they have to realize they can't outshoot the Miami Heat. And the best way to do that is to find the right shots off of their zone, capitalize on backdoor cuts, capitalize on their pace. It's going to be very, very big. And the other thing is, is like Jimmy Butler cannot be annoyed with, uh, I'm sorry, Jason Tatum cannot be annoyed with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is going to piss Jason Tatum off. Like there's no tomorrow. And there's going to be some times where Jalen Brown's going to be defended by Bam Adebayo, a very long 
strong defender. I mean, not as good as Giannis, but like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, those are going to be tough guys for Jalen and Jason to score off of. So neither of them can be frustrated. And finally, my, my fifth thing here, number 12 has to be the better version of himself, which is a futuristic P.J. Tucker. Because P.J. Tucker will beat the living crap out of anyone. He has one of the best sneaker collections known to mankind. But number 12 has to be better than him in this series. For real. So, when it all comes down to it, my prediction, Celtics in six. I think the Celtics are going to go to the NBA Finals. They're going to beat the Miami Heat in six games. Game one's going to be tough, but the rest I, I feel confident about this basketball team. And that's it for episode 171 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Sorry about my voice. Sorry about a couple of drinks that I had in my system. We'll talk soon. Uh, we'll actually, yeah, we'll talk Wednesday morning. And yeah, that's it. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.